Welcome back, friends. We're here for another book talk with Kate. Hi. I have been waiting to say this to you all week. Let me see if I can not mess it up. I'm ready to shout down our podcasting bond. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the mating bond, except socially acceptable. Just just shout down the bond. Just Just shout down the bond. (laughs) I'm ready to shout down the podcasting bond at you about the fourth the third book. Third book, yeah. Of A Court of Thorn and Roses, otherwise known as A Court of Wings and Ruin. Kind of a wrap-up and conclusion of Farah and Rhysand's story. Yeah. And I guess we can start off by saying thoughts on this book. Just like open it up. Where are you? How did you like it? I just want to preface it by saying I didn't hate this book. And there may be points in which I'm speaking where it sounds like I hate I, this book. And I will let you know that I love this book and I've read it several times and love it even more. So I will offset that okay. with a complete exuberance and optimism about yeah, it. Yeah, but I didn't not like this book. Sure. I didn't not like it. It was fine. Plot-wise, was it as well-written as some of the previous books? Not necessarily, but she had a lot to cover this book does a lot. Yeah, she had a lot of um, a lot of loopholes to close. She had a lot of plots to wrap up. She had a lot to do. She and had she, work to do. And she also opened up a lot of things for other stories down the way. Yeah. So it, she was answering questions and also creating more questions. Right. Yeah. Introducing like a shit ton of characters, most of them within the last like 25 pages. <laughs> yeah yeah there is some of that i read some of that on i you know i always go in on reddit and kind of read through to see what people other people's takes are um and there was some of that Uh, some people were disappointed in this book i read that sarah j mass doesn't really outline her story so much she says pantser yeah Yeah. she just kind of like goes and you can kind of feel that because her pace is so inconsistent yeah because she wrote herself into a lot of places that she had to write herself out of hence the surreal which i love that she killed the surreal off because she's like best friend tea queen she's like you guys i'm gonna be i'm gonna try to do it without her go see if i can do it without her (laughs) um i if you go on etsy and you look at like some of the merch that creative people have thought of for this one of them is the surreal tea company (laughs) And it's like cute teacups yeah. because, you know, you get all your info from the cereal, cereal. I was like, oh, we felt that way too. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I can totally see that. It's a lot. It does a lot. Yeah. I think by the time I was reading this one, I was so attached to these characters. I was okay with it all. Well, back to A yeah. Court of Wings and Ruin. So this is a long one. There's a lot that happens in this book. There is. Really cool stuff. Some of my favorite moments in the whole series are in this book. Um, <clears throat> but we start the book with our high lady, Double O Farah. Yeah. <laughs> Double O Farah. <laughs> on, on a mish, secret mission. Yeah. Secret, secret mission. Mish. Yeah. Secret mission at Tamlin Spring Court. Like, I'm going to take it down. And then we get another one of Farah's special sets of skills where she can just basically take down a coup d'etat. Well, she just exploits his already existing weaknesses. 
Yeah. Yeah. She's she like, does, you're an asshole. She? Time to just show everyone you're an asshole. True. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And she takes him down. And she feels guilty about it later. And I'm like, really? He did it to himself because you didn't make him well, do anything. I do feel a little for Tamlin. She did take away almost everything that he has. Yeah, well, it shouldn't have been an asshole then. <laughs> Lesson. People should take from that. Yeah. 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 You, yes. do, you don't want a woman to come back and cuckold you. You probably shouldn't be an asshole in the beginning. <laughs> Just. Cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she comes back. She's in high lord, high lady mode, complete espionage, double O'Fara. Yeah. <clears throat> Lucian sees it. Lucian sees it all. He's like, mm. but he knows he has to stick with her because he wants to see his mate, Elaine. Yeah. Mated. Ianthe's there. Can you imagine having to sit in a room? No. With that woman? No. 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 Just no. Oh, I love how Sarah J. Mass. Pretty much forgot about Aonthi for yeah. a while. And then she just shows up at random like, hey, I'm here. Hey, sorry what, about that. Guess I, what? I've know. been like tracking you kind of maybe sort of. I don't know. I just sort of here I am. Hey. And yeah. Oh, but we're conveniently like within running distance uh, to the Weaver's Cottage. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, at the beginning? Oh, no. You're talking about Ianthi's demise. Yeah, yeah. Way later. Which when I was listening to that the first time, I was like, wait, what? That's how she goes? Like, yeah. That's Be- what happened? Because Sarah J. Mass forgot about her and had to wrap her up. <laughs> I love that you're able to see this and, like, feel it from a writer's perspective, though. Because I don't. I'm literally whatever journey you want your people to go on. I'm like, yeah, I'm there for that. <laughs> so your takes on it are so welcomed because i don't recognize it oh you're welcome yeah. that's the first thing i thought when she just pops up out of nowhere by like, the way like she I'm just here appears to get out you. of a bush like yeah. like the smoke like a like an old 1970s like television show where they just like the smoke and they rise out of it and they're like Anthony, hey she's like do you forget about me because sarah j mass forgot about me but guess what i need to get wrapped up so here i am and we're gonna do it like this yeah and yeah. conveniently the surreal is just roaming about near the weaver's Cottage, which I am sad that the cereal died, but <clears throat> she didn't have to do her like that. Yeah, well, maybe she'll have like a baby cereal or there's other cereals. Yeah, and they probably all know about Farrah now because well, they they're all, know all about knowing everything. Yeah, yeah, and so they'll know how kind and sweet and that she mourned. She felt worse about the cereal dying than she felt about. A many, many things. Yeah. Anything that has to do with family. Right. She met three times and she was like, you're my best friend and I'm really sad that you're yeah. going. I felt that connection with the cereal too. Yeah. So I get it. <laughs> so Farah is at the spring court and she meets these two Demotis, these other Bra- Brana and Dagden. Yeah. Dagden. Who really don't serve a purpose other than showing how evil some fairies can be. Yeah. <clears throat> Some high fae, they like to eat people. Which I guess isn't technically cannibalism. Because they're not the same species. I guess. But be like eating a monkey. Ew. <laughs> Who wouldn't do that? Though? No, we wouldn't do that. And they're not, not evil like fairies. humans aren't, I mean, I guess humans, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, they don't really have it narratively, no. Just to remind us that Highburn exists. Well, and also for um, Farah's powers to kind of show up a little bit, 
like to say I've got my mind. I kind of like the scene where they're sitting at the ki- the kitchen table, the dining room table, and they're trying to get in there. And she's like, nah, uh, 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 yeah. n- not today. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, huh? <laughs> Who is that? Why can't we get into her brain? Which you'd think all like fairy, all high fairy or people around the high fairy would all be trained to protect their minds. Because they know some people can like some break people in. can. So. I love that people's minds have different like aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> different <laughs> sensations. Yeah. yeah. And she describes them like Elaine's mind is like a briar rose bush. Yeah. At some point in the book. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. I like that she does that. I like that stuff. I like I like flowers. Yeah. You know? Um, so She's out there lying. We see that she's just as good at resand, at being pretty manipulative, mm-hmm. taking down a court from the inside out. Deter- like the spring court's basically gone. Yeah. And then her and Lucian run to the mountain, under the mountain, and we get a peek at the Autumn Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're all redheaded. Of course. And they suck. Yeah. And we meet Iris, Eris. His oldest brother, who is the Autumn King. Yeah, the one that Moore was supposed to marry. <clears throat> yeah. And we get this idea that he was, like, really shitty to her and all that. Although he says he wasn't. Right. Which, we'll see. We'll see that story down the road. Mm. We'll see. But then the best, one of the best parts of the book happens. And it is. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> My, I, there is nothing hotter than a superhero landing. I'm sorry. They're yeah. just not. Well, I mean, it's nice. And she's we, like, they slam down on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> three hands, three, the three touch. Yeah. You have three touch with one like raise back, like yeah. posing. Yeah. God, can you imagine? It's like you haven't seen them. You thought they were dead. And then all of a sudden they superhero land to come get you. <laughs> I just got so excited when I was reading that part. So then, you know, they're like, Leave my high lady alone. Yeah. And the autumn boys are out. They're like, oh, she's a high lady. Oh, wow. This is this is way more serious than we thought. Then we get to go back to the townhouse. And then my one of my favorite moments happens, which is where we get the reuniting of Farah and Reese. And something about this little scene is so sweet to me. Oh, because they're just like, oh, she you. like hears him. Smells him, whatever they do, and like falls on her knees and covers her face like a little kid. Yeah. And then he's just like, I'm here, darling. (laughs) And like kisses her tears away. I don't know. I just think it's such a sweet. It's a sweet moment. I've also seen a lot of fan art about Mm. that moment, and I think it makes it even more. So it's impactful for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 And then he kicks everybody out of the house because they're about to bang. And then, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's like, everyone out. And they're like, oh, we got to go gotta go get busy for a little while because I got to go get busy for a little while. It's yeah. Sad. And we get to see Lucian see all the things happening at one time. Like, yeah. oh, wow, there's kids playing here. Oh, wow, it's not evil here. Yeah. Oh, wow, you actually really love him. Oh, that's what love's supposed to look like. Right. Oh, that's how you're supposed to treat somebody when you love them. Yeah. And Lu- uh, it's it's nice because she did Lucian pretty dirty by making him the villain in Tamlin's story. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about that last time? No, because it hadn't happened yet. It's not till she goes back <clears throat> to the spring court when she's like. I'm so glad that you said that because I was going to bring that up. 
I mean, she does. She pits Tamlin and Lucian against each other. Well, not really, because Lucian's like, I'm not mad at him. What are you trying to make me mad at Tamlin for? And Tamlin's just like. <laughs> like what? Okay, do it again. <laughs> I can't do it again. He's just like, you know, he's just upset he because he, he loses his mind because he thinks that he's, she keeps like insinuating that she and Lucian are together, even though. They're clearly not. Yep. But because she's not with Tamlin, because she keeps getting a headache conveniently. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. that's that's literally the most concerning thing to me. I'd be like, okay, yeah. how do I keep myself out of someone's bedroom? Yeah. Right? He thinks that I'm in love with him. Still. Right. Ooh, and then I'm no. back and that we're going to be back. Like, And he only wanted one thing out of this relationship to start with. So, And he didn't even know it. It's sad that he thinks that that's the only way that you can show love. Yeah. Ugh, he needs a course. He just needs another hundred years. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But one of my favorite scenes and because, you know, is when Lucian says, I didn't realize I was the villain in your story because they were so self-righteous and they thought that they were doing everything. And no matter how often she told them. Yeah. Like he's stubborn dude just couldn't. I don't want to go back with you. I am fine. Yeah. You don't know what's best for yourself. And like, are you surprised? Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah. But I've had moments. I used to live a life where I had villains in my life. And I'm like, that's actually not how life works. You don't have villains. Nobody's a villain. So I love that she brought that to the narrative. And we're like, oh, wow. I thought I was doing a good job. And I was a villain. I really hope I'm not a villain on your podcast stories. No. I do like the new, like the modern, this is my villain era. Yeah. <laughs> I get behind that. <laughs> this is my villain yeah. era. Have you watched Wednesday? Not yet. I think you'll love Wednesday. I like the Adams Family. Well, I think you should try Wednesday. I know you're going to like it. You're going to be like. I sometimes like Tim Burton. I sometimes don't like Tim Burton. What do you like? What didn't you like? I like Tim Burton when he doesn't work with. Um, the lady? No. Uh, Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp and Tim Burton had their time. They need to break up. Um, everyone else knows they need to break up, but they're that couple that everyone knows they need to break up, but they can't seem to realize that they need to break up. Yeah. Because they're each other's crutch at this point. Which, so and he, usually if he's not in it, I'll like the Tim Burton movie. And I like a couple Tim Burton movies that have him in it, but not all of them, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. Like which one didn't you like? Like, I don't like the um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah, no. Because a lot of times Johnny Depp does a voice I can't even understand, which mm. I have a hard time understanding verbal stuff in movies anyway. Like I always have to have subtitles on. Same. And then when he does the weird voices. I feel like if you don't need him, you're a psychopath. <laughs> well, then, I, then I'll remember, like, I hated that movie. And sometimes I'm not sure if I hated that movie or if I just didn't know what was going on because Johnny Depp was doing a stupid accent and I couldn't understand his stupid accent. <laughs> and so I need to watch it with subtitles <laughs> that I could understand what he was actually saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I have rewatched some mm. and been like, oh, this I judged this too harshly. But really, it was just because I saw it in theaters. Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Liked, didn't like. Mm. No. No, no like. Edward Scissorhands. I like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. See, that's when they were good together. Back in the 90s. Yeah, when they yeah. were good together. And now... Yeah, Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Well, that's not Tim Burton. It's not? Uh-uh. The story is Tim Burton's, but it's directed by a different guy. Oh, okay. I yeah. know his name was on it. Okay, well, after that little tangent... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So now where we where we are? Oh, we're talking about. Oh my god. Okay. I think I've skipped this part, but I need to talk about it. No, no, we can go back. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, that's the rewinding okay. sound. Because there's so many like after we we know these characters enough, and there's some really funny parts. So like parts that make me laugh out loud, and one of them is when Azriel is carrying Lucian, <laughs> and they're just uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I can just imagine it. I don't know. Sorry. Revisit. <laughs> so then what? So then we get back, and this is when, I feel like once we get back to the townhouse and we have this read, then there's like, just like 50 chapters of one just thing after of, another uh, thing after yeah. another thing after another thing yeah. happening. Yeah. And then there's a lot of Elaine and Nesta. Yeah. Because they're our next narrators so you weren't i i don't i didn't like i didn't mind them in the previous books but we get more of them in this one and i had very little love left for nesta and elaine by the end of it because i get it i get it you got turned into a fae against your will you got superpowers on accident oh no how horrible you are still shitty people who did shitty things to your sister and now you are shitting on her for absolutely no reason like when they're in the library and Feyre is like Nesta you should probably learn how to take care of yourself and she's like why there'll always be somebody there to take care of me and I just wanted to be like you like and they blame her for what happened like if you hadn't come and asked for our help, we wouldn't be in this situation. Oh, you're right. No, you would have been killed when your manor was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all real things. I mean, she has spent her entire life taking care of them, and they give zero shits. Yeah. Yeah. And Elaine gets away with it because she's pretty. Yeah, because she's pretty and she's a little insipid. So we get a lot of like, but she just didn't know how hard it was for you. Okay, well, then explain it to her, how hard it was for you. Feyre needs to be like, y'all bitches need to woman up. Right. Like, I had to woman up because you had your younger sister taking care of you, and now you're angry at me because you're immortal. And so I did, like, the ultimate job of taking care of you, which was involving you in this plot so that you wouldn't die not knowing what was happening. Well, and I feel like any kind of rage should be actually on Tamlin or Ianthe because they're the ones that actually... Uh, yeah, yes. But the whole cauldron thing is not even her fault. Right. She's not the one who did all... She attempted to involve them as a way of taking care of them. Right. Oh, you're Farrah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fair, yeah. Yeah. And then they're just... And then they get whatever, superpowers. And they're the, both like... Mm, actually, uh, their special set of skills just gets highlighted. Yeah. I just, yeah, Nessa <laughs> is tough. She is very unlikable. I, I get that we're trying to make her strong. I understand that. She's trying to frame her as a strong character by making her just extremely inflexible and borderline bitchy. But can I say that she is... I know people like her. I'm not... It's just that she has all of this, like, we're supposed to perceive her as strong, and yet... She never stepped up for yeah. Feyre. Yeah. Never. And yeah. even when they're in the one library with the pit and Feyre's like, run. Nesta does. She, she's like, no, no. And Feyre's like, run. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Bye. And she leaves. So she, even at, in that moment, leaves Feyre 
to take care of it by herself. And then there's an entire battle going on. But how much of that is enabled by Farah? Yeah. Who doesn't ask for help or let anyone help her? Well, even when she's trying to, even when she confronts them, like, hey, you need to train, you need to figure this out. Nesta is literally like, nah. Well, that's because she doesn't want to spend any time with Bohunk Cassian. <laughs> Although because she, she has by the a, end of it. Yeah. Yeah, because she's, wait, you don't learn that for a while. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I almost dropped a spoiler. I know. So, but I don't, you've, uh, you're, you probably aren't like, I'm one of those people that when I like someone, I do not talk to them. <laughs> And when I have a crush on someone, yeah. I will they will never know and I will like avoid them. And I relate to that. I think Nesta is like stubborn. She's stubborn to the point of stupidity. stupidity. Yes. And it's obnoxious and annoying and it is shitty how they treated Farah. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. And I think it's, but just, I'm not going to let that hold me back because I love this book. Okay. I mean, it's, I'm not saying, like I said at the beginning, no, I know. it's going to sound like I hate this book, <laughs> but I, I think don't. they were just personally triggering as characters. So seeing them as effectively the heroes at the end, because they're the ones who kill the King of Highburn is such a, like, Feyre has fought so hard for all of this. And then they get this glory because they're effectively just in the right place at the right time. I don't, it was just, it was hard, especially Elaine, because everyone's just like, well, that's just Elaine. And they just like, let her be. And everybody else is off like courting e- immortal evil monsters who have been here <laughs> since the beginning of time and yeah. looking in the mirror to find their true selves, which was very never ending story. Oh, right. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to mention the never ending story. We're going to get a couple references to that. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I have. Yeah. Yeah, the so, way I see things in my brain. So Pharaoh's off doing all of the, and they're just like, well, she's wait, not, what did you say was never ending story? The Ouroboros. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't hear that part. That's the mirror what I was gonna say. Yeah, never yeah, it's the mirror game. Strong men find out they're weak. Weak men, yeah. Brave yeah. men find they're really cowards. Yeah, that and one. And I have never ending story written right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's our podcasting bond <laughs> shouting down. <laughs> so they let Elaine just recover which is fine she needs to recover but it's just i don't know i just felt really frustrated with them as characters um because i get where she's trying to go with them but she's really not the only way she's making any effort to develop them in the way that pharaoh was developed is by just giving them like like making nesta overly bitchy making them like caricatures of these archetypes so making nesta like the caricature of the stubborn sullen stubborn to the point of stupidity strong character and then making elaine the like blooming flower in the desert briar rose who no matter what situation she's in she brings beauty to it or whatever so it was a very i don't know they just didn't feel like they got the same treatment in terms of character development, but they were supposed to feel equally important in the story. And that made me feel frustrated. Yeah, that's totally valid. And I feel some of that as well. Like I can, I can tell that that's there. 
but also I still really love Nesta. <laughs> well, I haven't, I, read the, Elaine, I haven't read the next book I know. Yet. And Elaine, I still feel that way about. Elaine gets on my last nerves. I, I don't like the whole I'm so beautiful that I am held to zero standard. Yeah. But I also feel sorry for her. But yeah, moving on. What were you we talking about? <laughs> no, 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 just, no, no, no. Like, I'm glad. They just got. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Every Share scene it. they were in was ugh, yeah. hard. Yeah. 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 It is also frustrating. The lack of communication yeah. as just adults. But I think they are all under the age of 25. <laughs> Which I realized this was a consistent thing in everything we talked about. You're yeah. like, Rachel. She's a teenager. And I'm like, God, I forgot. No, Just- <laughs> but I mean, also, they're supposed to be our heroines and they're supposed to be these like characters that we this connect is with. Why I usually don't read books where the characters are all young. Well, and I, like I said, when I, if they do cast this, I do not want this to be a young adult show. No. It might have to be for marketing purposes, but I would really like it to not be. Yeah. Like in a, like, they let's could have be some mid 20s. Mid 20s and have the guys like 40. Yeah. 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 Or even mid 30s. Right. Or 40, like my. Yeah. It's or fine. 40, yeah. Okay. So when we. So we're back at the. I don't even know. See, I was trying to be so nice. Do you want a pen to check stuff off? Yeah. Cause I don't even know where I'm. Y'all, I made notes. I like made an outline. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so great. And I can't even tell where we are. So I'm getting a pen. <laughs> Cause I keep. Thank you. Derailing you. Oh, no. That's. But that's perfect. That's what it's for. It's not like that's why I like the synopsis because it forces you to remember. Yeah, and all that's what the this is supposed about. to make it easier to do, just because there's so much stuff. So now we're back at back at the townhouse. What do we do after that? God, it's that's 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 yeah. That's the, next, the whole middle of the book. What do right. we do after that? That's the question for the entire middle of the book. Oh, we just by the time her. so we well we'll just highlight since what you just said, Nesta or Nesta Farrah gets back. She finds her sisters. Nesta and Elaine. Nesta is bitter and angry, and Elaine, of course, is depressed and empty. And they've just been hiding Bereft out. and dejected, and they've been hiding out <sighs> yeah. in the House of Wind, which is kind of locked up, too. Yeah. Because you can't get out. There's, um, I think it's 10,000 stairs down. Yeah, they're way high up where no one can get to them, and they're so sad and lonely up there being taken care of hand and foot and fed and yeah. clothed and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. How hard and horrible for them. Yeah, and then... We do get some Ferris training with the Bat Boys. Mm-hmm. The Bat Boys. <laughs> um, we do get to visit the library. I love the library. Yeah. The, the library, one, the rehab library. I like the guy down the little monster at the bottom. Braxis? Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you want? I just want a friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you want? You just want to see the night sky? Can you just send people down here for some company? Yeah. Can you just give me a window and like someone to come chat with me every once in a while? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice little monster. And it is kind of like, um, it does kind of when, I do feel like there is a little Cassian being scareder. I was expecting more. Like he's yeah. like, Cassian has never been so scared. I think it's just because he's supposed to be like your worst nightmare. Like he just takes the image of your greatest fears so what would your braxis look like deep water (gasps) that's good what's the one where it's like a fear of man-made objects that uh, in the water what yeah it's a it's a specific fear 
Let me look it up. Where you have, you're scared of man-made objects in the water? Yeah. So like bridges? Yeah, like bridges and piers. Yeah, that's terrifying. Like running into one? No, or getting like cut up called, by the barnacles? called submechanophobia. It's a fear of submerged human-made objects, either partially or entirely underwater. Yes, like a just like a like a shipwreck or something would be absolutely terrifying. The idea of a man-made object underwater. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually like it's real. I didn't make it up. It's called submechanophobia. So when did you realize that 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 you were scared of that? Um, just like all, all the time. Cause anytime you're by like a pier where the pier goes, is out of the water and goes in the water, like the posts go under the water. That scares you. That's terrifying. Yeah. Or like a boat where part of the boat is out of the water and then the rest is in the water. That terrifies you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I just, I'm not terrified of that, but I am terrified of fire ants. Well, that's a good one. I hate them. Well, it's cause they're awful. They're the worst. So it would just look like a mound of fire ants. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So your greatest fear is scary things underwater. Yeah. Man-made things underwater. Yes. <clears throat> and mine is being crushed by water. Water is terrifying to yeah. me. Yeah. Deep water is just horrific. Any any kind of water being crushed. I'm also terrified of um, the... Um, you know, like holes. Oh yeah, a trypto. Yeah, that trypophobia or whatever. Yes, it is. that yeah, trypophobia, the one where you're afraid of like pits. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't. That one I don't understand. I get it, but I don't understand why my brain. Yeah, it's because it's too foreign, right? It doesn't yeah. look natural enough to well, it's us. Supposed to be like a, like a disgust thing to keep you away from it. Like yeah, like a yeah. disease. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So we're going back to. So now we're 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 there. Yeah, we're there. And they're, this is what they're doing. Okay. It's it's all politics, politics, politics. Politics and lots of politics. It's like we got to get everybody together. We get to meet all of the high lords. And everybody's overly angry. Just overly angry. Like, right. I get it. I get it. We all don't love each other. But oh. I had one more person be like, well, I don't trust you. I just don't trust you. Well, that's because Rasant has had his ma- mask on his whole life. Yeah. I mean, I get it. But we're all like. How can you not love this little guy? She also realized she didn't have anything but heterosexual relationships. And so she threw a bunch in. She was like, oh, hey, surprise, guys. This guy's yeah, so goes either way. He's bisexual. And then, oh, by the way, Moore is a lesbian. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. So that is something that a lot of people critique, but I hate. Let's just bring this to the, put it on the table. Yeah, go for I it. cannot stand when people's take on a lesbian relationship or any kind of queer relationship being the forced diversity. I don't give a shit. It shouldn't. Sorry. I hope she can't hear me, but it's not like, no, it's not forced diversity. It's how it should be in the first place. It should just normally be lots of different types of love. They're not the token gay couple. Oh, and something we haven't mentioned before is also race. Like we haven't talked about, she does actually does have a lot of different types of characters. She just doesn't describe them as whatever. She just describes their skin color, mahogany. Yeah. And there's tons tons of that. Yeah. Yeah. So when we get to this book and I was seeing a lot of, anytime there's that kind of criticism, I'm like, do you hear yourself? Yeah. Like, 
it does. It just never feels forced to me. I'm like, oh, this is this feels like the way it should be. Right. I was happy she included them. Yeah, me too. I didn't yeah. have any thoughts about it. Forced diversity. Get out of here. People got to stop with that. Yeah. I see. Like, I mean, it. it is not a human court. So even if it were human court, there's a spectrum to human relationships and they appear anywhere on the spectrum and should. So it's not that they are forcing diversity. It's just that they're showing every part of the spectrum. Yeah. As they should. Yes. Yes. And it's Helion. Is Helion the one that yeah. is flex? Yeah. Flexible. Yes. Yes. My only real complaint with that is he's uh, he's overly sexualized. Like he's always trying to get everybody into bed, which is like a huge bisexual stereotype. That Correct. Yeah. Because you are interested in everyone that you are automatically All, always interested in yeah sex. you're automatically yeah. always on flamboyantly like out to have sex with everybody yeah yeah well which maybe that's just telling there's people like that there are if every single bisexual character she had was like that it would be uh, it'd be a justifiable criticism but he's the only one so we can't really say she's falling into the stereotype because there's only one maybe that's him yep he's lucian's dad we think yes. mostly, probably we, most likely, yeah. which I kind of loved. That's where she's like, and let's do it like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay, guys. He's, he's the nice one this because one, he's not even that the real child of autumn. Yeah. And that's why they hate him. And he, everyone knows it, but him. Yeah. And he can't look at this guy's face who looks just like his face and be like, huh. And I feel bad for his poor mother. It's surprising how consistent she is in the fact that all the women are like, well, there is no high lady. That all the women are consistently willing to put up with the fact that they don't get to be on equal stand, equal footing with yep. their husbands. Like yep. even the woman that protected her entire country for the time that they were under the mountain, right. like formed her own cool army because she's the one with like polar bears and foxes yep. and stuff. It felt Super very... Cool. Um, the winter, winter court. Philip Pullman was the... Uh, spyglass... Yeah, where they the have the dark materials. Yeah, where they have the polar bear. Yep. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. But she like she ran that court by herself basically while he was gone. And yet as soon as he came back, she was like, "And here you go." Yep. It's the women upholding the patriarchy. Yeah. Yep. And women fighting for it and them not realizing that they have been trained. To yeah. Support a way of thinking that actually oppresses them yeah i was surprised kind of like real life yeah kind of like real life yeah although fair was like you guys could be like this too she's not and never at any point is she like wait what you don't have high ladies that's weird that's weird she's like well then i'll be the first one that's fine yeah yeah oh she also announces herself that was really fun i love that yeah i just love that part right after those superhero lands god i just pictured it in my brain and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> Because it's Cassian. It is so he's so fine. He's so fine. Um, yeah, so they're all trying to get everybody together. Did we get a an intro? They're so they're going to the Dawn Court. And then oh, but you know what they have to do first? They have to go to they gotta get Kier, Morgan's dad. Yeah. The leader of the actual night court to join them because he isn't forced to be in the army. He he can't like make him. So they have to go see him. And then Morgan's really upset 
Because yeah. Reese didn't talk to her first. Right. Should have just communicated. Right. And given her an option. And I'm sure she'd have seen her, seen that like they needed that. Right. Instead of springing it on her. But it does. It's a nice way of knowing that Reese isn't always perfect. Yeah. He made a bad call. He did make on a that bad one. Call. He really did. And we don't get a lot of Morgan. You know? No. I mean, we kind of do, but she doesn't do anything. She's like yeah. drinking. There's the funny scene where she gives her the entire bottle of wine, and she's like, it's okay if you drink it directly from the bottle. Yeah, she is funny. Um, and then she sleeps with Hellion, which that's when Feyre calls her out. She's like, you didn't even enjoy it. Like, you weren't even happy the next day. Yep. And that's when she's like, that's because I like girls. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't, I, and I've seen this as a criticism, and I kind of, I hope that at some point down the storyline, we don't have this yet, that we get an explanation for why Azriel seemingly is in love with her. Like, no one asks him about it. It could be some sort of, I, I just hope that we get some sort of explanation that isn't, I was just epically in love with her and for five hundred years. years. I hope we get a, a version, a story where it's like, you know, there was something else. He recognized something. He was always looking out for her, and it just kind of appeared that way. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's tough for me. The five hundred years of and longing. Her literally is that actual? That's a story, isn't it? Three thousand years. Yeah. Of okay, yeah. we talked about that before. Yeah, five hundred no, years. What? She couldn't have told him. Yeah. At any point, and she let him carry a torch for her for five hundred fucking years. And that's why I'm hoping she does something really smart and writes it in a different way, or like gives us a different. Well, like eventually, we'll get an Azriel story. We don't have one yet. Yeah. Eventually, we will get one, and when we do, I want there to be some sort of explanation. Sure. Yeah. Because I'm not, just he had a crush. And yeah, he was epically in love around. with her and, yeah. like, couldn't breathe when she was in the same room. Yeah. For like, f- and, as- and at any point, she could have been like, Asriel, I do love you, but like a brother, because I don't like men like that. Right. Do you know how... Well, how easy was that sentence? Do you want me to say it again? Asriel, I love you like a brother, because I don't like men like that. Yeah, and he would go, oh, my God, that is such an acceptable oh, answer. that makes a lot of sense. I don't feel hurt anymore. I don't feel like you're constantly rejecting me. Like for half a millennium, you knew that I liked you and you just didn't do anything about it because I am so unacceptable to you that you never came around. Yeah, I'm not a, yeah. We, I did like all the Asriel we got though, because he spends that time working with Feyre on how to fly and he's like (gasps) funny and charming. And then I have my favorite is the Nafel story. I love that for some reason. It's not for some reason. I know why. It's sweet. It's a sweet story. And I love that it's like. Um, like history and a story, a philosophy inside of this book. And she, and I don't know, it gives me hope. I think I would have liked it better if she had been legendary instead of somebody they knew because then she shows up at the end. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, because it's like, well, okay, good. I mean, I'm glad she's like a living legend. Though. Yeah, she's a living legend. You'd rather her be long gone. Uh, or just like, yeah, legendary. You know, instead of, because now. <laughs> when you said I'd rather her be legendary. Like spoken um, of only in legend. <laughs> I know. Immediately my my brain goes to Pokemons. And I'm like, I can just imagine like Pokemons. <laughs> Anyways, catch my Nafel. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it just, 
I think it's because I, I can't imagine. <laughs> it took me a second. Because <laughs> I can't imagine knowing that there's an entire group of people that use me as their inspiration story. It would make me feel so uncomfortable. So I feel for her because all she was trying to do was just do the right thing in that moment. Yeah. She wasn't expecting to be spoken of. And now like, they have with a reference. marathon or some sort of warrior thing every year yeah. when she gets to crown them. But if you don't die because you're immortal. But they do grow old because they meet that one old fairy. Yeah. The one old old. high fae. They're just so long lived. It appears they're immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Which Amarin does correct for us. Yeah. Well, I like the Nafel story. I mean, you're right. It is weird that she. I'm just saying. Well, and it is kind of weird that they see her at the end and she's so like. Like fa- like a celebrity starstruck. She's so starstruck. Yeah. Well, you know, you should never meet your heroes, I guess is what I'm saying. Dude, because- I would never want to. It's the yeah. same thing as being scared of Santa. Yeah. And furries and like creatures in character. No, no, thank you. If I saw a celebrity, I would walk the other way. Get out of my face. You yeah. don't belong here. <laughs> you need that. You have a place and it's you, and on it's, my screen. It's not here. It's not here. It's in LA. We're out in the land of the... Whatever that is. Where all celebrities live. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a different world. So in Babylon 5. Which which I have started. Uh, Londo Malari, the guy with the fan hair. Uh, he lives in Wilmington. And oh, he teaches does? teaches acting classes. Oh, really? Yes. So if we <laughs> wanted to meet him. We could. <laughs> that's an option. Uh, should we try and get him on a pod? Will we do the Babylon 5? I think we should. Should I get invited to that? I'll just throw it out and invite everybody who's... A lot of them have passed. But um, he hasn't. Jakar has. um, The doctor has. Okay. What about the security guard? um, Garibaldi. He just died. Oh, wow. Recently. Yeah. I know. It was because they were going to do a movie. And then I think Jakar died. And they were like, well, we can't. We, we can't do it car. anymore. We can't. Okay, yeah. so you're going to get me talking about Babylon 5. We're going to talk about that for hours. <laughs> I know. Well, I have started. I'm on my way. It's just a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Um, but going back, so we're in the middle of the book that is the middle to the end, long, everything going yeah, on. Yeah, the middle is very like plot, 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 yeah. plot, politics, politics, plot, 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 plot. The and library chaos where you we've already kind of talked about. Yeah. Then we've got... Elaine's magic mate. Elaine is a seer. Surprise. Which it takes them a really long time to pick up on. They're like, oh no, she's crazy. You live in a world. Immediately. (laughs) You live in a world with magic. Literal fucking magic. And somebody is seeing visions and you're like, oh, that's it. That must be pretend. Her cheese slid off her cracker. The poor girl. Look at her. She's seeing stuff that's not really happening. Nobody's like, oh, I wonder if she's seeing the future. Even when it's clearly like one-to-one. Yeah. It takes them a really long time. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some point, and I can't remember how this happened, Lucian is like, he leaves to go do a recon job to find. Yeah. Cause and they- she's like, okay, well, I don't really feel like riding him in right now, so yeah. I'm just going to send him uh, off. She couldn't figure out what to do with him. That's right after Elaine, they find out Elaine's a seer. Yeah. Because she keeps seeing the firebird. Oh, right. That's yeah. it. And so they're like. Go oh, find her. Oh, you mean that queen that's a firebird by day and a queen by night? Her? Oh, she's on the continent. Yeah, we should probably go get her. Yeah, and, and she's like, I'll Lucian's go this. like, I volunteer as tribute. He's <laughs> like, I'll go. 
<laughs> it's like recon. I'm down. Yeah. And so she's just like, whoop, we're not going to talk about him again. And you get literally in, into like, the very end, very, which I very, never, very I didn't end. see coming, which is really like, I, want, I was just like, is this happening? What I a want treat. a short story of his time over there. I'm sure we'll get it. And she does that a lot. I was going to bring that up. She does that a lot where she gives us a little peek into the story. Yeah. Like, I want the Weaver story. Yeah. You know? I want to know her. St- I want to know what happened. Her and the bone carver. Yeah. I yeah. want to know what happened to them. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, Lucian, meeting his, their dad, like, they come back. I feel, I kind of relate to Nesta in a way where, like, all of them coming back and having these wonderful uplifting stories about their dad and they spent all this time with him like whittling like being yeah whittling and not being able to walk around and being so angry at him which i think her anger was a little unfounded but it's fine yeah because she didn't he didn't send ships to every corner of the world to try to find a cure for a disease that lots of people die of yeah and she just needed someone to blame so she blamed her dad which could be a little bit telling on why she's so fucking mean to the handsomest man in the world, Cassian. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I get it where she's mad because he kind of just gives up. Yes. That I understand. And But she doesn't do anything either. No, she doesn't either. <laughs> so look in the mirror, Nesta. Is it really your dad you're mad at? No. But I think that the scene where Lucian comes back. And the dad like rides in on the ship. Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. But I think it would be more impactful if we had the backstory. So if we had some like Lucian meeting this guy and not knowing who he is. And then over time finding out that this is actually their dad. And I'm like, I'm supposed, I'm fated to be with your middle daughter. Right. Yeah. That, if we had that story. We could have cut out, oh, what, 30 to 40%. 30 of, to 40 different tasks of the that had to get a shit in the middle, <laughs> thrown in Lucian and Lucian meeting her dad. And then when he arrives at the end, that is a glorious moment. Instead of just like, seriously? Seriously? Because this whole time they're like, oh yeah, dad, you know, he's on the continent or whatever. No one's concerned about where he is, which is a big tip off that clearly something's happening. Oh, so I didn't think about it. But thank you, Ryder. Ryder Rachel here. Because it's just every time they're like, oh yeah, dad, but dad's on the continent for a couple more months. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And so then the the, he arrives on the ship and they're like, well, he called himself like the prince of merchants or whatever. And they're like, dad, is that you? Yeah. (laughs) So I did cry when... There, she's describing the ships, the ships, and Nesta, the ship Nesta. I cried. I cried today. I cried today listening to that. Um, it got me. It it's, got me. Good. I mean, it's a sweet moment, but it does feel a little bit like, oh yeah. I'm really sorry. I almost let you all die. So I am overcompensating in the biggest way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it kind of. I rose an army in your name. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering that all three of his girls are these. It gives us a little bit more into the DNA of greatness, I guess, yeah, I guess. their ability. Um, so we go from like having to do tasks to being in a battle really fast. Yeah. Well, it's because they we we wallow. 
the whole center is really just wall. A wall and we lose tasks. We really lose the momentum because she keeps reminding us that Highburn's going to invade and Highburn's going to whatever. And we keep seeing like glimpses of, well, Highburn's going to do this, blah, blah, blah. But we're really just wallowing. And so then she got to a point where it was like, I need to just go. Yeah. And so she was like, well, we're done. Highburn's already attacked. Our time for preparation is over. And we, and we missed um, Tarquin when they had to go save the summer court. Yeah. And that's cool. I, I kind of like that. I like that Tarquin was still mad at him. Yeah. And that's when we learn about Helion. Yes. Yeah. But then fast forwarding to battle mode. Yeah. And then in the very first battle, we get a very lovely glimpse of Cassian destroying everyone with his... Just like I can just picture it His like a sheer movie. badassness. Yeah. Yeah. I can just see it. Wait. I want to ask you something. I want to tangent for a second. When you're reading, you picture this in your brain? Yeah. Like a movie. Yes. Huh. Do you have an inner monologue? Like when I'm thinking normally? Yeah. Not really. What? <laughs> What do you mean what? How do you think? I think in pictures usually. I think in words. Oh. I'm fascinated by this. That's what I wanted to ask. I'm okay. so, that is so wild. It would be so scary to all of a sudden bebop into someone's brain and they don't use words to narrate their life. I'm sometimes, I think that's why, like, do you ever talk out loud? Talk to yourself? Sometimes to myself so much and I think it's because there's just inner monologue constantly going on and but I was trying to think about what I'm picturing when I am reading and I'm not sure it's pictures I need to pay more attention well you have imagery like you saw the superhero landing oh yeah 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 oh yeah I do, I do. yeah and I picture Cassian yeah okay never mind I see I see pictures yeah there right. you go Thank yeah. you for walking through that. You do not that. suffer from aphantasia. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Aphantasia? Yeah, when you can't see images in your mind. It's called aphantasia. And that's a real thing? It's a real thing. Do people with that realize they have it? Probably not. Probably not, because you wouldn't know what it was like to think with pictures. Well, how the fuck do they think? Well, just in words. You just would, like, if I tell you apple, you, you kind of see, you hear the word apple, and you probably see a picture of an apple. You could picture what an apple would look like. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't. Do they have face blindness too? Not necessarily. Interesting. So cool. Where are we though? In the blah. In the battle. Oh yeah. First battle. Cassian gets super, super hurt. Yeah. Nesta is just like biting her fingernails on the side of the, watching him be the yeah, most she's beautiful badass guy of all time. Side watching everybody die and, and then risk their lives while her sister risks her life and everybody risks and their then life Farrah's except like, Nesta, who sits up there with a bowl of popcorn and watches everybody. Yeah, fight. and Farrah's like, is this when they were like, oh, I can't see the whole, I don't think we can see all of Highburn's army. And at one point they invisible coat themselves and move. And then she's like, we don't know how many soldiers they are. Where are they hiding? And that's when she's like, Nesta, use your powers to find my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's the second battle because they they fight in the summer court and then they go fight the second battle. And then they're like, well, what's what like this isn't his whole army. Something is going on here. Right. And so she goes to see the surreal and she's like, surreal, where, where my homies at? Yeah. She's like. 
it's weird how she gets like one question in her mind. And she's like, the only way is to find my girlfriend, Serial. Yeah. Who won't even give her a name. I bet it's a beautiful name. I bet it's like. Wasn't that when she tells her Nesta can find the army? She's like, yeah. how do we find it? She's like, Nesta can find it. She like recognizes like. She could have been like, Serial, where's the army? Yep. Yeah. Because Serial knew. Serial did know. Yeah. Yep. And that's when Ianthi puff pops up. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah? Well, follow me right this way. And I love how breezy, like how quick it happens. Yeah. She's just like, oh, Ianthi's back. And oh, go in there. And oh, sneak out the back and yeah. shut the door. Yeah. A lot of the events right at the back are real rapid fire. Like at yes. the end are very like, poof, poof. she goes to find the cereal. She finds the cereal. Oh, it's Ianthi. She kills Ianthi. She goes back. Everybody's mad. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. She really was writing like... Oh, this is how we're going to clean this yeah, up. Yeah, it's because she wallowed for a long time, and then she had a lot of plot to wrap up. It was already a really long book, and so it was like, and here we go. Yeah. 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 Then they get back, and then Nesta is supposed to find the cauldron. So she opens up her mind to the cauldron, and then the cauldron can see her, and he's yeah. like, ha, 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 I'm going to come steal a light. Yeah. So then they both wake up in the middle of the night, yeah. And Elaine's gone. Right. And then we get this tangent where they head to Highburn's army. I don't understand why Elaine is so stuck on the boyfriend or the fiance. She's just stubborn and loyal. That just feels really, it feels contrived. Like it feels like a way of generating tension because he's like, take your ring off. And she's like, <laughs> I'd be like, I could smite you, motherfucker. You want this ring? Guess where I'm going to shove it. But no, Elaine is like, oh, no. <laughs> for like so long. So right? long. She holds a torch for this guy for. I and- mean, have you never? I mean, I feel like you've been in a race relationship for a really long time. Was he your first love? Let's get this out. Was Is Matt your first love? He's the second guy I dated. Second guy you dated. Yeah. And obviously the love of your life. Obviously, if you've seen them together, if you've listened to them pod together, <laughs> if you've shouted down, they shout down their bond at each other. Yeah. Um, and the first guy, how did that relationship end? Uh, I, f- I met Matt. Okay. And I was like, I like that guy. So the first guy was Tamlin. Yeah. And then Matt is your sand. Yeah, effectively. Yes. Yeah. So you've never had the dissociative event where you break up with somebody and it is the worst and most horrifying thing that has ever happened to you. And you literally cannot let go. No. Okay, I have. <laughs> You're like, well, I have, I have knowledge. I have deep knowledge. About this. I have. And it kind of feels like that. It's yeah. hard. It's tough. So I think what is feels inconsistent is that sometimes people have real life feelings. And then sometimes they're like Farah, and they just like forget. Yeah. You know, I can see that. It's inconsistent. I think it's like um, she continues to think of him as better than he is for too long. Maybe that's what bothers me. Is She's pedal. She pedals. Pedals. What am I trying to say? Pedestals him. Oh, yeah. She, she, yeah, she puts him on a pedestal. Yes. Where he literally insults her and calls her trash. And she's like, but maybe we can still be together. <laughs> Yeah, she definitely can't. Well, and she's never had to come to terms with anything. Right. It's just like she's allowed to. She, she doesn't have any emotional Gemini. ballast. She doesn't have any emotional yeah. ballast. None. None. 
maybe that's what it, I just I, don't, I I always have a hard time when characters that are in a position where they need to be strong don't woman up fast enough. So this is a, Elaine is a seer. She is now crucial in destroying everything. And even when it comes to the end of it, and Amran's like, we need all four of us to go destroy the cauldron. Elaine and Nesta are like, but do you need all four of us? You're better at it. Like, maybe two would be okay. Like, you guys are so good. And we, we just hold you back. Yeah. And they end up not going. Yep. Not going. This is to save the motherfucking world. <laughs> and they are like, oh my God, but like, I got my the period. <laughs> like, I got my period yesterday and I'm like really emotional and I just don't know if I can destroy a cauldron right now. <laughs> They're so 2022. I just. Because <laughs> I, I might do that too. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I think if it came to it and you knew it was going to, you were saving the world. Yeah. Have you heard the term chronically online? No. Okay. I just came across it. It is a new phrase, a new word. I don't know how long they've been saying it, the kids. The, the youth. But it means, it's basically what it means when you come across a person whose personality is like they're on the internet all the time. And I love it. It's refreshing to know that kids are putting labels on kids who, who show up with that like chronically online personality. I just wanted to bring that up at some point and that seemed to be the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, I don't know that. And then they don't, they don't, they don't ever come. There's no every, for every single surprise ally popping up out of the woodwork in the final battle. Yeah. Elaine and Nesta never, never come to it. Like they never get to a point where they're, it's, it's so they're not there so that they can be the ones to kill Highburn. And I get that, but it doesn't, she could have incapacitated them in another way. They didn't just have to be like, well, we're too emotionally fragile to defeat the cauldron right now. Did she, did they say that? Cause I just don't think my reading. Well, Elaine him. can't like Elaine can't move. She's so overcome she, with distraught, with distraughtness. She's got the, um, and Nesta can't the Bella. She yeah. got Bella. Yeah. She, she got had Edwarded. to like sit in a chair. Oh my God. <laughs> That scene in Eclipse, when in the book, it literally is just months in the middle of the page. Yeah. For like six. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I got to the end of it and I was like, she was in a coma, like an emotional coma. <laughs> like months. Months. But yeah. yeah. So ne Elaine is too overcome, overwrought to be able to even walk. And then Nesta won't leave Elaine because they're codependent. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's they're like, really Vera, true. you've taken care of us this entire time. You can keep taking care of us, right? You got this. Yep. And they give her like a fist bump and they're like, go destroy the cauldron. Peace, Archeron. Peace. Yeah. 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 Did we talk about the part where Farah uh, goes to the Hibern army and she's chased by the dogs and Tamlin comes and helps her out? Yeah, he does. Yeah. And she has to learn how to um, fly. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm... I can actually feel what it feels like to need wings. Like, could you, she's good at describing it so much that yeah. I can like feel my back hurting yeah. from having to support my, and having a core. She does a good job enough. of not making it too easy. 
of not being yeah. like, well, now she has wings and she has the muscles and she can do it. So, yeah, because a lot of the rest of her magic is treated very preemptively. Like her fire comes out and she's like, well, now I know how to use fire. And then it's like Here's when they're my water creatures, like when they're fighting at the very beginning and she's like, I can't use my left side. And she takes like a 15 minute break. And when she comes back, she can use her left side because her fairy nature helped her adapt. <laughs> yeah. So she. There are definitely places where she takes the stakes away. She's like, oh, yeah. You remember how that was kind of hard? She was going to have to work for it? Well, surprise, fate intervened, and now she doesn't have to. But definitely for flying, she leaves that difficult for a long time. I like, I I appreciated that. But Tamlin saves her. He sends her a a spring-scented breeze. Yeah. She's like, and I recognize that smell. (laughs) She's like, Tamlin, that you? Yeah. And she's then smelt his wind before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she has. I bet he yeah. was farting all up in sleep while she's throwing up from her anxiety attack. Uh, anxiety attacks. Wow, what um, a beautiful image of their relationship. Yeah, he, he's yeah. just hotboxing her with spring wind. <laughs> I will admit, I was skimming that part, <laughs> dude. I there are so many parts of this book that I had to go back and listen to several times because I'm like. My reading comprehension isn't on or something. I'm like, wait, what? It's because it wallows so it, much. And you wander. Like, your mind wanders because yeah. it's like, I know there are stakes to this effectively. But yeah. Feyre's not going to get captured. She's going to be fine. The only reason Ianthi died. In the it's school. literally just another task. It's just another task that we know she's going to get out of. And how did it propel the story farther? Like, what did that they actually? They really don't. But they, what does it do? Like Tamlin, maybe? Just Tamlin. It's a way of showing us that Tamlin's not a bad guy. And it's a way of outing Tamlin as not Highburn's ally. Right. And to potentially expect him later on. Yeah. Yeah, what did this a, It's supposed to be do? a redeeming thing. That's how we found out that Nesta is like the cauldron. Yeah, and so that's how they find also, the cauldron and how the cauldron finds them. also pisses me off that Nesta knows that she is... Probably the most powerful person in the world and will not test it out or pay attention to her own self. Yes. It is so fucking annoying. I do find that really annoying. extremely frustrating, especially when she's literally standing up on the mountainside, like watching the battle. Like, I really hope this goes my way because if it doesn't, I can do fuck all. I haven't practiced anything. Yeah. Well, I guess it could kind of be if she had described it more and given us more of like, she could have really built up their character more in like being women of the court or like ladies and like how ladies, you know, and how they are stubbornly who they've always been taught to be. She's never given us a good justification for why Elaine and Nesta are so useless. Yes. Never. Right. I mean, in Elaine, it's like, she's too pretty. She's just too pretty to do all that. And she loves flowers. Nobody, nobody who loves flowers can fight like that. But we don't. She's trying to establish Nesta as the strong character without really giving us any reason. And maybe it was, maybe it's because their mom was a like authoritative. I mean, like what we do, what glimpse we do get at their mom. I could see their mom being very, like I keep thinking about Cinderella. Yeah, and the mom and the two sisters, and if they're in that like. They've been brainwashed to think that women only do this and fairies are bad and blah, 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 blah. Then, yes, they are having to. But we don't get enough of that to really understand them. No, because they're perfectly willing to let Feyre do 
everything. The, everything. Right. Like perfectly willing to let her do it. Yeah. I I love that. Um, is it this book or maybe it's the book before? No, it's this book where she's like, I didn't realize you couldn't read. Yeah, it's this Why? One. Why? This how one. can she's you like, not she's tell? She's like, well, I don't know. I kind of figured you like knew how to read or whatever. And I, then her feelings are hurt when Farrah's like, I thought you wouldn't want to help me learn. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, everyone knew you wouldn't want to help her learn, Nesta. It, right. Why are you offended by that? Yeah. yeah. I know. Well, I know now. That's a good point that really we just don't get justification for, for why? why they're so useless. Why they're so oblivious. No, they know. They know. And they're they're just willing to let Feyre do it all. Yeah, I don't without know. Without really the reading, any good. The reading thing doesn't compute for me. Your little sister can't read and you don't know. And you don't go. She wouldn't have cared. I mean, I guess they were in survival mode, so maybe they did miss they it. They weren't in survival mode because every time Favorite got money, they spent that shit on themselves. It's like at the beginning when she's like, oh, Nesta's going to want new boots and I'm going to have to let her get new boots. And she looks over and like her boots are too small and her boots are falling apart. And she's the only one that actually leaves the house. And she's like, I have to hide the money because if they find it, they'll spend all of it on themselves. Yeah, but also Farrah, well, she was younger, so she doesn't know how to like... She also needed to... Well, how effective would it have been if she'd said, no, Nesta, I need to spend that money on myself? I mean, would Nesta have let her? She was... No, she'd probably just turn up her snooty nose and... I mean, she was terrified of Nesta. Or not terrified, but Nesta was so critical. Yeah. That Nesta was that, like, critical voice in her head. Yeah. Yeah. This is messed up, man. And Nesta messes her up for a long time in the first book in the spring court. Yeah. Where every time she's going to do something, she hears Nesta being like, well, you're dumb. What are you going to do that for? And she has to like let Nesta's voice go. And then as soon as Nesta shows back up in this book, she's holding a torch for her. And it's just, I mean, I get it. They're sisters. And, and I do like that moment towards the end where they like, they all lay down. Like they've just had this really shitty thing happen and they all kind of snuggle like they used to. And that, I get that. That's kind of sweet. When They're did like, that happen? I don't remember that. Oh, that's after they save Elaine and they're all really tired. And they cuddle. They cuddle. I missed it. I've read it three times. I missed it. And there's a book. It's probably in the lull. <laughs> it's it's hard. The lull. I remembered because Favorite gets up and she walks out and she says she finds a camp mother. Like I found a, a, a nearby camp mother and told her we needed some food. And I thought, camp mother? The hell is a camp mother? Is that just like an old woman wandering around taking care of everybody in the I camp? I guess so. Yeah, that's why it struck out to me because I was like, camp mother. Do you ever, doesn't it feel like Sarah J. Mass is English? She's a New Yorker. She's a New Yorker. I don't think she's English. <clears throat> Sometimes I think she's English. But it also might be because when I'm reading Reddit, a lot of the English readers, uh, they like to think that the they read the guys with Scottish accents. Oh. They think Illyrians have Scottish accents. I don't because those boys they are, are very Highland. I mean, they live in the Highlands. Yeah, I they're mean, very, maybe that, but yeah. they're, those boys are like, you know, I don't know. I just don't, maybe they do talk like that. They're whatever. They don't say they have an accent. They're whatever you want them to be. Yeah, well, Scottish is probably hot. Makes sense. It's because they're like. Cassian with a Scottish accent. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Sold. I'm down. Yeah. Sold. I'm down for it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so now we're at our final battle, which goes for like 12 chapters. 
And it's so long. It's really long. Lots of tasks. And it's a lot of ups and downs. So many ups If and all downs. of the rest of her exposition has been orgasmic, this is that like, I just can't get there scene. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. book is kind of like that though. Yeah. And she wraps it up. I mean, we do wrap up like a K-pop or K, what is it? K-drama. K-drama. It does wrap up like a K-drama. I mean, everybody, it ends happy, but at the end, it's just like, Bleh. I think if we'd had any of these other allies in any part of the previous 67 chapters, it would have felt more interesting when they showed up. Because it's like, oh, look, here's the people on that island that we thought was deserted, but it wasn't really deserted. It was just a really good glamour. And since nobody's visited them in 300 years, nobody knew that they were there. And they heard it through the grapevine somehow that they needed them here and that they were losing or blah, 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 and blah. And they blah, also blah, met blah. up with their dad. Yeah. Oh, and surprise, here's their dad. It and was Lucian like, and Vesa. It was like, oh, no, we're losing. We can't possibly go on. Oh, look, here comes an ally. Oh, they weren't enough. And now we're losing and we can't possibly or the go king, on. Oh, or the king dies. Yeah. yeah. So what did you think? Okay, let's try and like. So the first thing that happens is the bone carver, the weaver, and Braxis. Show up, yes. Yeah. Am I saying that correctly? That would that I laughed out loud at that part because she's Reaxis. like Reaxis. She's like, I never got you a mating gift. And she's like, So here's here, some monsters. Here you go, I got you some and he's like, Oh my god, you beat me to the punch. Because like, here's the weaver. And he's like, Look, I got one too. And, like, and they like make out on the battlefield over their mutual. Oh my god, like, I really wish I could we could push a button for how many times I roll my eyes. Yeah. yeah. It was like ugh. you didn't tell the commander of this army ahead of time that, that you, you had have the gotten smoking these guns. guns. Yeah, that you brought the nuke to the power. And you brought the nuke. Yeah, and he yeah. was stoked that you had dropped this on him and you hadn't put them in a more strategic location. All three monsters didn't need to be. Okay, it's like in D&D when you have your like tanks and they're all in a line and somebody uses a cone weapon. And if you had just spread them out, it would have been fine. But yep. they're all fighting. They're like fighting side by side. Yep. Directly in the front. Yep. Nobody's attacking the flank. They're, they're ethereal. They could have appeared fucking anywhere. anywhere. And they're all in the front of yeah. this battle. And those, they die fast, too. Yeah, and then he uses the cauldron, like the like a cone weapon, and he just takes them all out, all yeah. on one, except Varaxis. Yeah. But it was just like, okay, sure. Yeah, we're going to surprise each other on the moment of battle. Like, literally... We're about to march down and defeat these guys, and we're all going to be stoked about it. We're going to like dry hump each other up on this hillside because we're so stoked about it. And I was just like, I can't. What? And then, <laughs> and then they die, and oh yeah. no, the battle is lost. And that's when they're like trying to make it to the cauldron, and Nesta and Elaine are like, you know what? Hard pass. Well, Nesta is pass. Cassian. Yeah. That's how they. That's literally how it sounds in the on the audiobook. And I cannot stand it. There are, I will say, if you listen to this book, I love most of the voices, but the Nesta voice and um, actually Cassian's voice are terrible. That's because they need a Scottish guy to do it. Oh, God, that would Like be. the Scottish guy from Outlander. <sighs> yeah. Dude. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Even the old guy. Yeah. The old guy's sexy as fuck. Yeah. He was in the most recent Game of Thrones. He's in a bunch of stuff. Dude, he is so... Is his name McDougal? Yeah. God dang it, McDougal. He was in... um, Look at it. Lucifer. 
Oh, yeah, I watched a little bit of that, but not enough. But that guy is shows kiss. Yeah. That was very chronically online of me. <laughs> chronically online. <laughs> Anytime I say anything that's like a thing online, I'm like, oh, oh okay. shit, so I'm like chronically. Speaking so like in a, meme language is what you mean. Or or like if you or being like, hey, uh, I actually can't. I don't have a rehearsed. Yeah, someone that uses like talks like like Kardashian on and on TikTok all the time. Okay. Like, hey, what a vibe. That's such a vibe. Hey, girl. Hey, sis. Oh, that's super sus. Okay. Like, oh, no cap. Like, just super. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Like, I and, do find slang very hard to keep up with. And I can. I do because I am chronically online. Mm. But you'll find with the youth that they will have entire personalities that are just online, online. personalities. Yeah. And so it's wonderful to hear this terminology. I mean, we kind of did too. Were you ever on like forums and chat rooms and um yeah. Yeah. And you had kind of a yeah, like an online persona. It's the same. It just doesn't move. It moves so much faster now is all. Yeah. Yeah. And also slower in some ways, but I digress. I think fashion <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it. I think a fashion is better with this online because it allows for women to wear things that make them feel good and mm. there be an entire community around it. Yes, you can so, find your people. Right. Yeah. And it allows for more room versus like things can last longer. But yeah, we don't have to talk about it. I was going to talk about skinny jeans and parts, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so we're still at the battle. Yeah. And still at the battle. Still at the battle. And Nesta calls for Cassian because yeah. she's epically 100% in love with him. And if you can't tell by this part, you're dumb. Yeah. And he comes to her immediately because he loves her too. And she saves his life. Yeah. Because she, she also pulls makes him, him feel the... terrible because he's a general. Such a sweet boy. The general. He didn't have to go down with the ship. This way he can keep. Generaling because no, the battle's not over. There's like 12, 12 more other chapters. highs and lows here yeah. that we need to go through. So then Nesta gets him away. Dad comes up. Dad's neck gets broken really fast. I was very emotional he gets when the like dad one showed up. Line in this entire yeah, and he focuses book. on Nesta, and his last word is, "I loved you the moment I saw you," which is so sweet. Yeah, and she needed that. And you know what? That's gonna do break her and fuck her up. Well, good. Yeah. You would just wait. There's a whole book of her getting back what she's been putting out. Um, and then Elaine, out of nowhere. Stabs him. Yeah. Stabs the king. And then Nessa straight up. Decapitates him. Twists it around. Yeah. Cuts yeah. his head off. I love that part. But he died really fast. He killed the weaver really fast. He was really obnoxious. I don't like a villain that just keeps getting away with it. Who's like, <laughs> you know, like we use the ultimate <laughs> weapon and he just winnows oh, away. And he's about- like, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he shows back up and they try to hit him again. And he, the, he like winnows to the side. And he's yeah. like, no, you <laughs> can't, can't get, get me. me. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> what about Fabian? Are you kidding me? Okay, Fabane. You know what it is? It's because we created too many powerful characters. Yeah, you don't. The if you had to really analyze the power structures, it doesn't make any sense. No. Oh, we have Reese, who's the most powerful High Lord that has ever existed, because he is a half, you know, whatever 
Illyrian fate. Yeah, the same reason. But then we have dogs don't get sick as often. That what? The same reason mixed breed dogs don't get sick as often. Yeah, less likely to have problems. Like hip issues. Yeah. Yeah. Like my dog, he will live forever. His constitution is so high. Exactly. Um, but then you've got. Oh my God, my thought. Where did it go? The the power structure. Power structure. You've got Reese, and then you have this powder. Fabian, this yeah. whatever that yeah. you can also just like eliminate their power. This Deus Ex Machina, this like Ex Machina. Yeah, it's a like God that. in the machine. I it's, love that. It's the hand of the writer yes. in the story. Yeah, being like God, you can tell who's the writer. Our dynamic. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna go away for a minute. It's fine. Our dynamic is so similar to Karen and Georgia. I know that you didn't listen to my favorite murder, but this is why you are obviously a writer, and, and I'm just a person that says stuff. <laughs> And <laughs> just the person that and it, you have a lot of good points. Don't sell yourself. Short. I won't sell myself short, but I think that if you listen to the way we put stuff together, I feel like you are like an academic with this beautiful language and ability to um, contextualize a thought. And I'm like on the streets. <laughs> I'm straight from the streets. You know, I'm like just describing things. In my chronically online <laughs> terminology, or I'm not chronically online, but kind of a little bit. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I've thought about it a couple of times. I'm, and I just wanted to mention it. I like it. I think it, it's a it balance. Works. It it's works. It's a balance. Yeah. Um, but what were we talking about? Uh, the, the Faye Bane and how that's oh, literally yeah. just her. Like, I have created, I've escalated power this entire time. I've gone from like high it, place to high place to high place. And now if I leave all these super powerful characters, uh, there's there's no way to create tension, right? Because but all we're too just powerful. gonna have this one substance that does this thing, and now yeah. they're gonna come and they're gonna because they spent so much time with Hyper and they're just gonna blow them all up. Yeah, it just it's like a such a small detail that doesn't really do much. Well, it's there at the beginning so that Feyre has the can't we, just escape, and so we that got she, that in. In the spring court at the very beginning. They yeah. use it to take Feyre's powers away. And we get that so that she has that time with Lucian where they're running away. And didn't they use it on Reese when he got sick? They use it on Reese at Last the... book when... Was that Feybane? I think so. No, it was something else. It was like blood. Blood something. tree. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. What happened was... <laughs> see what had happened was... Did you see that meme I sent you about... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it was about that same joke about how Reese is just like laying yes, there and I she's saw like, that one. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I felt. But they, we, we introduce it so that we have that time with Lucian at the beginning. And then we can't just dispense with it because it's a super powerful weapon. So we have to use it a couple more times. So they kind of use it um, in the attack on the summer court. Yeah. When they're fighting with Tarquin. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we go to the Dawn Court to meet all the High Lords and Ladies, or High Lords and their kept women. <laughs> <laughs> the Dawn that Court, like it. The Dawn Court is like, surprise, we found an antidote. Right. So. Yeah. This Which is, is the this cool is lady that I want to know more about. Sarah J. Mass takes us right to the edge of having actual narrative, like, stakes. Right? Like, Fabane can literally take their power away. And then she gets you right to the edge, and then she's like, psych! And she just drops it up. She's like, psych! There's an antidote! 
Yeah, no yeah. more stakes. It's like at the end when she's like, Amber gave her life to save everybody. And then she's like, psych! She's, she's a, back. She's back. And yeah. she's like Faye now. So she gets to just be with her friends. She's not like a super powerful creature Which in a cage anymore. Kind of, so what's your take on what Amber is? At the very, like... Before? Like her power, like what do you like? Is there a monster? Like what do you think of her powers? Well, the way she describes it, I have a take on it because she's talking about in the other world that she came from. There's humans, mm-hmm. and she's like a created entity. So I see her more as like a kind of like the Maiar, where she's like a angel or like a divine force. Yeah, she's an angel. Yeah, yeah. And so then, who did you to compare her to? Did you compare her to the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Okay. I was like, is that, I think that's what um, like Gandalf. Gandalf is. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I knew it. <laughs> of course I do it. I've heard this in Marillion. Yeah. So, um, of course, of course. Of course. I guess I am smart sometimes. See? Um, see? Um, but yeah, she is. She's like an angel. And I think that if you see, like, her universes all line up, and that comes up later in a different series that I'm not going to ask you to read yet. It's fine. That Throne of Glass. No, the other oh. one, Crescent City. Oh. But I, I know you're going to need a break. I know you're going to need a break. We'll, we'll segue and then we'll, we'll segue back. Yeah, maybe. We're not even, you don't even have to. But anyways, coming back. I was going to say the next little book is a novella, a short. Yeah. And it's a Christmas story. So I thought That's a good maybe time. we could do it before Christmas. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And I then there's Silver Christmas. Flames, which is the best of the best of the best. That's the one from Nesta's point of view. Yeah. That's yeah. the one with my love in it. Cassian. My love. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, first ending. Elaine. First ending. First ending. <laughs> yeah. Elaine. Their dad dies. Elaine sh- stabs him with truth teller, the sword that gets mentioned hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah. It reminds me of the Sword of Truth. Did you ever read the Sword of Truth? I didn't. Series. No. Oh, it's like a... It's basically a retelling of The Wheel of Time, but with um, more rape. Oh, what you love. Yeah. Gotta love some. About a man wrote it. Yeah. 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 And the first book is Wizard's First Rule, but he literally, he gets this sword and it's the sword of truth. And it literally has truth written on the handle. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle. I was always like, Okay. (laughs) Not even like the Latin version of truth. No, it's just straight up truth. And every time he holds it, he can like feel truth under his hand. <laughs> yeah. Is that his dick's name too? Yeah, it's a big dick swinging book. And yeah, the, it sounds yeah, like it. Yeah, but Matt, Matt read a lot of them and he was like, you'll like it. And I read it I was like, I don't like it. But, I hate this. But thank you for... Uh, <laughs> thanks for the rec. Thanks for I'm the I'm going to move on. Yeah. So first ending's done. Then Amran and Farah go up to the cauldron. They make it up there. And then the cauldron, I lost, I wasn't really comprehending how it happens, but the cauldron like grabs her and starts flailing her around the field so that we get an, a huge like aerial view of what's happening everywhere. Oh, yeah. It like takes her consciousness. Yeah. And yeah. gives us an aerial view. Well, it's it takes doing, her on a drone ride. Yeah. Because that's what the cauldron's doing, I guess. Even though it's not sentient. I, I mean, it obviously I don't is. Know. Anyway, that's that's just so that she can see her dad dying without actually having to be there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so and she can see the. Although I do like what they do with their dad's body. They like wash him and dress him and give him flowers, and then she's just like, Phew. yeah, <laughs> she just burns, burns him. him. And then they're like, uh, 
Do anybody hungry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's a shawarma restaurant down the street. <laughs> I think I saw a shawarma restaurant when I was up top. Yeah. You catch that? Yeah. You catch that I did. I got that one. Yes. That one you I did know. good. You yes, did good. Thank you. Yeah. I um, that one. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so second, so then Amarin has deceived her. Yeah. Because she thought that Amarin was going to be able to do something to the cauldron, but in actuality, the surreal tea queen knew that Amron could unleash herself and unleash her angelic natural which she destructive store like dies I mean I think she just fades out but why she existed here 15,000 years yeah well minus 5 so 10,000 years I think yeah. is how long. I don't know the timeline actually, but, but it was a long time. But as soon as she's back in the world, she makes it like thirty seconds. Yeah, and then she poofs out and like a cloud. It becomes like the reflection on the water. Yep, and then is just chilling in limbo land. Yeah, hasn't quite moved on yet. In so, her old body. Yeah, body. Yeah, so Reese brings her back because, yep. of course, Reese died. <laughs> I don't know. This but, whole part at the end was just like. Uh, tell me as a writer, okay, as someone who's creative and trying to create a new story, at what point do you go, I'm going to end this exactly how I ended the first book? It's a callback, really, yeah. to the yeah, first book. It is, but it's her giving life to Reese instead of but the other way around. Why does it? What, and is that like. But why? This is Sarah J. Mass taking us to the edge of having actual stakes. Kitty. Of having actual stakes. And then just, psych! Yeah. Dropping us up. Like, hey guys, Reese literally gave everything. He died so that the world could be saved. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. He's back. I was... Hey, and so did Amron, but no. Oh, nope. sorry. Here she is. She's, She's back. Our... Yeah. Yep. It's like the opposite of Game of Thrones. I, I it's fully, the opposite of the stories where everybody has immense plot armor. I fully expected her dad to come back somehow. Really? I didn't. I wasn't thinking about it. Literally, nobody died. Yeah. Yeah, except the monsters. Actually, I might have thought about that. I don't know. Except the mon- like the monsters and like. And I really wish we could have kept the monsters. They were some of the most interesting characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she killed off a lot of her, like, I created these really cool, like, world-deepening creatures. And now they're gone. And I just, like, exploded them all yep. in one whatever. Which yep. at least it took, at least it wasn't, like, magic that killed them. It was, like, the elemental force of creation itself. Yep. I do like how she, like, modifies her curses to represent the world that they're in. Like, it's never God, it's gods. Yeah. Or it's, like, bless the cauldron. Yeah. You know, I always find that at least consistent. Um, but second ending's over, so Amarin's gone. Yeah. Then Reese comes back because the cauldron has been split in three and is a void that's basically a hole in black hole. Yeah. And it's growing and sucking in everything. Yeah. It's and the so nothing. Reese realizes that he he it is the nothing. Yeah. She's very much borrowed from. I mean, it's a good story. I mean, who's a Treyu? Cassian. Cassian. Ask Cassian. Treyu. I love you too, man. My sister had a big crush on a Treyu. Yeah, who doesn't? He was fine. He. 
clip boner before I knew, I knew my body could do that. <laughs> and I'm not kidding about that double. That oh, was yeah. literally He's my first crush. Hot. Super hot. Yeah. I don't think they... Do you, heard, do you, you listen to it? The part where he's I did. like... Yes. He has so much just like sexual body language where he's talking to her and he like leans back and like runs his his like... Yeah. Nail across yeah. his chest. And then she... When she turns in and has... So we're going to visit. We're talking about legend. Yes, we're talking about legend. We're talking about legend. When, and there's something so hot about when she goes dark. Oh, uh, yeah. And but, she's wearing that plunging neckline. Yeah. That only a little teeny woman could wear. Yeah. And it is so stunning. Stunning. Yeah. Mia Sarah is. Super hot. Super hot in this movie. Yeah. God, they, I don't know if they meant to introduce an entire youth to like darkness and emo <laughs> this is the that's definition. probably why we ended yeah. up emo when we did it's probably i mean yeah because they were so hot i mean i, I prefer that version of her to the earlier version yeah like, me too yeah the dark sultry i'm gonna bang this probably giant monster thing yeah tough anyways back to this but yeah i was sad i missed out on that podcast because i wanted to say that <laughs> just wanted everyone to know how stupid well, you, hot you snuck it in snuck it in yeah, yeah. Snuck, it in. snuck it in um so we've done death ending number two so ending number three resand number three i love that you named the endings well because I mean, it really does feel like it it's yeah, like it's it over ends. guys just kidding no it's not let's sew up the oh and then when she throws her tantrum and throws the priceless book in it into the to- into the culture. She's like, "Well, I can't read this shit." Boom. Yeah. Bye. She probably could have helped Vessa if she hadn't thrown the book away. Right. Well, that's why we did because yeah. it's a plot hole that we can now just close up because it's in the void and no one can ever go get it. Well, I bet somebody can. Anyways, so Reese dies because he knows. And what is he? What's the last words he says to her? I, I love, love you. you. And then she brings him back. You know what we've never mentioned? And it actually plays a huge role in her books? Tattoos. Because it's so normal. Yeah. She loves tattoos. All of her main characters have tattoos covered yeah. in tattoos. She loves a tattooed man. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. I mean, it's but, but there's, I mean, they just get them. Yeah. They don't have to, like, get them. They just appear. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They do in Throne of Glass, though. Can you still make bargains if you run out of space? I'm sure they can just be little tattoos. I mean, but like, like the tiny big, tats. But like the bigger the stakes, the bigger the tattoos. So if you're like Covered really making tattoos. a big bargain and you don't have any space I guess you have left. to undo some of your little ones. Yeah. You got to make some space. There's another book I read called, I think it's like Rhapsody. I don't know. She's a siren. Anyway, her like love interest, it would remind you a lot. Of this book, actually. But her love interest is like the Lord of the Night fairies. And he has giant bat wings. Anyway, but he's like the... Oh, I've heard of that. And she's a siren. I've heard of that. And she makes bargains and with him because he's like the bargainer or whatever. But he gives her beads. What's her name? Is it Jude? Maybe. I don't know. It's been a long time since I read it. But Does she, she ma- have horns? She doesn't. Well, she does eventually, kind of. And it was one of those ones I quit reading because the bad guy felt too, like, I hate it when they're always one-upping the good guys. Like, they're always like, oh, the good guys are so dumb. That It just gets <laughs> to me after a while where I'm like. 
I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Like, yeah. So anyway, she ends up with like her entire forearm is covered in beads. Interesting. I'll have to look that up. There's several of those stories out there that I'll run across in yeah. these. Um, yeah. I'm excited now. Anyways, the ending three is over. And then we get to kind of like denouement out a little bit. Yeah. I don't even remember what happened after the cauldron scene, honestly. We get to kind of have some downtime with all the other characters, and we get to meet um, Miriam and oh, yeah, Dra- Dragon, Draken, 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 Draken. And I think they're going to show up in some later on stories. I mean, they should. They had enough buildup. We I talked would love about to them know their forever. stories too. Yeah. So it all kind of wraps up in this very long way. To the point where it feels almost anticlimactic. Yeah. Because you get three three in a row. <laughs> yeah. But they don't feel... No. Sad. Oh, they yeah. are satisfying. Like, I remember reading it. I was really emotional. I finished it. And I wasn't unhappy with the ending. It well, was satisfying. It just wasn't... I don't know. It didn't... It wrapped up. Which I'm glad we wrapped it up. Yeah. But it wasn't the, like... <sighs> the Kind of, like... It was like, okay, well, yeah, that was nice. A lot of people felt that way. That's what, sometimes that's what happens when you are just writing yeah, without planning it. Right. Because she didn't probably know where she was going. Right. Or she may have known what the ending was going to be, but she didn't know how she was going to get there. Right. And that's why we flounder for so long, which there's nothing wrong with not having a specific plan. But you got to have an exit strategy. That's how Dungeons and Dragons feels sometimes. Do you get, when you're playing, do you ever feel like if the plot to your campaign's not moving quick enough, you're just like over it? Yeah, you're floundering. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. You're like, okay, well, you know, you're ready to move on. Like that's yeah, what like the story I'm is. Yeah, like I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Right. And you, and you have to have kind of trends. You have to trend up or trend. You have to have highs and lows. And she's kind of going for that with all those tasks in the middle. But it doesn't feel like it because they're all very preemptive. And we've we have a proven track record at this point of everyone's gonna be fine. So Yep. You you know, no matter how bleak it seems. That everyone's gonna be fine. Everyone's gonna be fine. There are no real stakes. Something we haven't even talked about, which we should probably mention because these are supposed to be spicy books, is the fact that by this point in the story, we don't really care about listening to Vera and Reese get it on. No, that's because Reese and Vera become very one note. I mean, once they're finally together, we finally culminate that relationship. They don't have a ton of character growth. I mean, we get a little bit of, guys, Reese isn't perfect. But even then, it's like, he's perfectly imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his purple eyes. Look at his, you know, he just yeah. like more, more immediately forgives him. There's no real consequences to the fact that he doesn't warn her ahead of that meeting or whatever. It just finally yeah. feels like, okay, like I get it. I'm glad they're together, which is a lot of times why we delay them getting together for so long because yeah. that's what creates the tension. Yeah. And then as soon as they are together, creating more tension because yeah. once they are together. Where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? Yeah. And that's why it probably feels a little. because mm. we don't, And that's why she brings in so many other people. And I think that's why she decided like, oh, this has to be about other people. We have yeah. to build. We have to want other people. Because they're not only together, but they're like fated to stay together. So there's not even really stakes. I mean, even there, there's not really. Nothing's going to happen to pull them apart. Yeah. 
Well, and then what's ne- what's cool is in the next couple books, they're not our main characters, so we just see them as a side on the side, and you like them. You like yeah. what they're doing, and you like having that like peripheral peripheral version of them. This book would have benefited from shifting point of views. She does it a little bit where you'll be like, oh, this chapter is Rasand. Yes. It's the first and the last. And then it's like But it would have done really paragraphs. well for both of them. Yeah. If we had it would have felt like the pace stayed a little bit faster if we'd had like a Cassian chapter and an Asriel chapter. And we could see the same battle from different point of view. Yeah, and we and a lot of like Sanderson does it. Yeah, and like at the end, anytime he has a battle scene, which he does so well, they the point of view switch really quickly. Yeah, and it's really because really impactful. It, it feels like in a movie when you get those quick transitions between scenes, and you're building emphasis, you're building tension, right. you're like, what's happening? And then the female lead comes in, and she's way more powerful than everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Um, so that that would this book would have benefited from that. Yeah. And then the, the challenge is just creating individual voices for each. Yep. Each character. Yep. And then being able to write each individual voice. But as a writer, that's the challenge. I mean, that's what that's what would have improved this book is we get too much Feyre. Yeah. Like the first book is all from Feyre's point of view. And that makes sense. Right. And the second book is all from Feyre's point of view. And it more or less makes sense it would have benefited from some resand but you it's hard to do but that we got without, chapter 54 we did and it's hard to do that without giving things away right but in this book we're not hiding anything really yeah i mean we're hiding you, small and you things. see her i think she learns that because the silver flames is not written from one perspective it is written from both i think you may be like oh yeah this is what it needed this yeah. is what this That's this is what, what it feels this needed. Like it needed to me because yeah. like a couple chapters from amarin's point of view would have been kick-ass oh so good yeah just to listen to the way she talks the because- way she thinks getting a even i don't mind if we shift first person which right. i don't think this isn't this isn't first person isn't yeah, it? it is. I don't mind if we get multiple first person points of view. First person's where they're like, I was I, doing this. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if it was in third person? And then then Farah, that's me. <laughs> we'll have to read Gideon the Ninth eventually. Okay. Which is by um I'm gonna murder her name if I try to say it out loud, so just Google it. But it's Gideon the Ninth. And then the second book is um I think it's Nona. Anyway, the the one of the books that follows is um, in second person because something really dramatic happens at the end. What's of second person? You, you walk down the hallway. You sit down on the chair. Oh, that's weird. Because the, something so dramatic happens at the end of Gideon the Ninth that she literally suffers like a dissociative event, and she can't like she can't put herself back in her body. So she just sees herself from second person. Whoa. What a feat. Yeah. What a feat for a writer to successfully, and she does it successfully. Yeah. It's, it's pretty a good, good book. Yeah. It's a good cool. book. Yeah. We'll have to try that after Murderbots. Yeah. I think you'd like Gideon the Ninth. Probably would. There's not a lot of things. I am easily impressed. It's actually, good. it's necromancers in space, lesbian necromancers in space. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which people that bring ta- people back to life. Yeah. It's tagged as lesbian necromancers, but there's not a whole ton of, I mean, we don't get a lot. There's no sex. Um, oh. 
Yeah, sorry. It's the opposite it's of Ice Planet Barbarians. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I listen to when I'm going to sleep now. Ice Planet. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> it's my lullaby. It's just nice, soothing, sick sounds. Yeah. I mean, you don't have any plots if you fall asleep. It doesn't matter. No problem. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I don't listen to music. I literally listen to a, to a book. And if I'm trying to follow the book, I have to set asleep or like turn it off. And I'll put that on. Sometimes I'll put on like a Way of Kings or Sanderson because I love it. But yeah. I, it doesn't matter if I fall asleep in it. Mistborn. <laughs> so funny. Talking about a book. Oh, I won't ruin that for everybody. Talk about a book that definitely has stakes. The way that Mistborn trilogy ends. Yeah. Wait, you, did you finish those? Oh, Matt always tells me. Oh, okay, yeah. They yeah. don't end. They end fine. Yeah. I, and I get pissed. I don't want it to end like that. Yeah. I don't mind if there are... I don't mind if we don't have... I don't mind if you don't have stakes. That's fine. But just realize that you're taking away, like, the drama. Right. And And act accordingly. Yeah. Create it some other way. If you're not willing to kill off a character, that's fine. I don't want you to kill off a character. I'm happy if nobody dies. But don't keep showing us that you're not going to kill a character off. Do it once. Maybe yeah. do it twice. I think we could have lost Amran. Yeah, I think we could. I was happy with Amran that being her, like, out. I, I've, I've literally been here for 15,000 years. I'm tired. I learned. I just learned how to love. Yeah. And I am so grateful for you. And I'm gone. And I'm gone. Because I got to save the day. That would have been fine for In her the to third just, ending. Yeah. Fourth, second ending. But then for her to come back and be like, and, and I'm like, you now was like, Ugh. all right. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, I love Amarin. I'm glad she's here. I'm glad we get, to, sorry, I'm doing it again. Um, I'm glad she's here. I'm glad we get to keep her. You know, something I wanted to say because we never really talked about it, but. There's this one quote from this book, and I just thought we should say it because so many people say, I feel like so many people that love these books, and we love these books. I love these books. Yeah. But also, they're just stories. Yeah. But they, they are, and it's not an unconditional love, but it's never going to be. What's the quote? I'm waiting. To the stars that listen and the dreams that are answered. I don't know. Yeah. I think I remember it. I don't remember where they say Yeah, it. that's the thing that everybody puts on sweatshirts. Oh. That's like... Because it's poetic sounding. Yeah, or for the for the people who look at the stars and wish. For the people who look at the stars and wish. Yeah. I mean, it's... For the stars that listen and the dreams that are answered. I did highlight some quotes in this book. I mean, there were a couple parts that I thought were... Oh, my God. Were quotable. I don't... Talk about the things that she said too much, though. Um. Yeah. How do you rear a dreamer? <laughs> Everyone's a dreamer. How do you rear someone's knee? knee? Knee someone's rear? Yeah. He need my rear. What the does that mean? Need you kicked him in the ass? No, but like she does it in like Yeah. I don't know. I don't, she's got quite a few like phrases. She, she recycles. uses a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, anything else? No. So I mean, what's your, what 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 are your what's your favorite thing about this book? About this book. What was your favorite thing? I'm thinking. It's okay. I think mine. While you're thinking, I think mine is 
I liked the transition to Nesta and Cassian. I like where that's going. Yeah. And I liked it when I was reading it. I, was like, I liked the monsters. I know. I liked the depth that we gave some of the monsters. Yeah. They, they were got cool. treated pretty summarily. But like, yeah. I think Baraxis is my favorite character in the entire series so far. Because he's literally like a thing made of nightmares. <laughs> and he just wants a friend. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I sympathize with Have Paraxis. you watched Werewolf by Night? I have not yet. I think you should. I really do. Anyways, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, that I liked. As soon as they were like, there's a thing at the bottom of this pit, I was like, I want to meet the thing at the bottom of the pit. I bet it's cute and fuzzy. I bet, I bet we could be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> so they finally, she goes down there and it like shows up behind her. And she's like, I'll make a deal with you. And it's like, Okay. <laughs> Can I have the moon and the stars? Like, at, at, Can no, I at, see the sky? Feel when the wind? two characters show up to capture her. The ravens. Capture the ravens. And um, she's literally like, I'll give you anything. And it's like, will you come down here sometimes? And talk to and me? just talk to me? That's how oh, like, I feel. That's who I am. I was like, okay, that's it. It's my favorite character in the entire <laughs> book. And she's yeah, like, um, a- deal? And it's like, okay, don't look. And then it's like, <laughs> eats them turn your face away yeah Yeah, her monsters are very charming yeah that she does a good job with them like inventing them they're funny they're good they're good like the bone carver's good he's sufficiently creepy the weaver is sufficiently creepy. i would love to read the bone carver from someone else's perspective too because i think he does change yeah and like we get him from this like little boy yeah. And I would love to see him from like, I just want to see everything from Cassian's perspective. Yeah. This is one where this would have been an, a good thing for each character to have to visit him and then us to explore what they saw the bone carver as. Yeah. That would have been a good, like, a way of deepening each character. I also think we would have found Nesta and Elaine more sympathetic if we had seen anything from their point of view. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because they're just, like you said, one note. Well, Nesta, we get a little bit more, like, depth and a little bit more, like... Slightly. But But Elaine is just flowers and puppies and baking and gardening. And that's fine. But um, there are some... Yeah. I don't know. And we'll see. I think the next book in the series is supposed to be Elaine. and. I don't know whether we'll have... Oh, the series isn't done? No. Oh. Mm-mm. Shit's about to get off, like fly off the handle. I told you she's got a whole universe. She's stacking universes. Okay. She's. You don't have to go that far with me. Don't worry. Or so maybe... We've got a lot of podcasts to make. We've got a lot of books to read. We yeah, get but... back to them. But you know what? I think if you'll just hang with me for the five, the little book that comes next, and then yeah. Silver Flames, we can pause and not look back for years. For years. Yeah. Because. <laughs> it's going to take her that long to, to work up to it. But she, but that you think there's two other books in the Crescent City series. Um, it's a new series that she started. And they loop back. Okay. So she's stacking universes. Yeah. Already. I think we mentioned this. It's like the Cosmere. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. The, the, what, the mass. Well, it's, cause it's because this is only happening on this one little island. We leave, we've got continents. Of well, plots. this world, we're supposed to be a whole world here. Oh, okay. But there are other planets yeah. in our sphere universe. 
Like where the monsters came from. Yeah, and realms. Yeah. Yeah, like dimensions kind of. Yeah. And where Amorin came from. Right. Yeah. Because she's a mon- She's one of the monsters. Yep. Yeah. And the, this place is, has high magic. This universe, like uh, Prithian, has a lot of magic. Yeah. Not all of her worlds are that magical. And so... She's going to bring them all together and we're going to get an end game. And it's probably going to be just as, it's probably going to be 17 endings. <laughs> 17 whole endings. 17 whole people endings. Are gonna get, people are going to die. Every single character is going to die, die and come get back. back. Yep. By the seven lords who are going to just bebop around, giving yep. sunflower seeds of power out. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and I love how Reese is like, it's only my power. I didn't take any of yours. Like, how does that work, motherfucker? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, right. to be honest. Because, it doesn't make any sense. Well, why did they not know? I guess they'd never done it before, but how did they know they could do it when they give the power to Feyre to bring her back? And then they all do it again for Reese. And he's like, but I'm exactly the same as I was before. So rest easy. Like, well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. No. I mean, I guess it kind of does. It's like when they give a human that energy, it remakes her. But when yeah. you give that, if you give energy to the same thing, it just brings, it's like recharging It just recharges it. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, if we have to make it make sense. But I also hear what you're saying. We have I was also like rolling my eyes that it was the exact same ending. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't feel like it's like this book is about these stories are about character development. They are yeah. about plot. They are about the story. It's not just about the spice. The spice is actually like very little, very, very little. By the end of it, I was like, are you really going to give him a blowjob while people are dying in the tent right next to you? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. She's like, At that point, you're like, keep it to your fucking self. Yeah. I don't care about your call. It's really like, you know, when you have your girlfriends and they first start dating someone and you kind of want to hear about what's going on. Yeah. you. It's like, I don't want to no. peer into the intimacy of your perfect relationship. It's not fun anymore. It was yeah. fun when we didn't know if you guys really liked each other. And I probably wouldn't be that grossed out if married married people talked about their stuff like that. But- at the same time, it's yeah. just like it gets it, to be a little bit much. It gets to be like now. There's only one time where she's like, oh, "I think I'm too tired, too tired," and he's like, oh, "I guess it's okay for tonight. Like it's okay." Yeah, and it's like every night, you guys, like you've been battling people, killing people. Yeah. Oh, I meant, okay, so I want to circle back to yeah. previous episodes when, boop, boop, boop. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when we talked about um, orgasms and yeah. fey organs. Yes. So I was watching a talk, TikTok, and this white man was telling me about how. Um, <laughs> oh, this is going somewhere good. I can really tell. I can tell already. I don't know who this guy was, and I hate that it was a dude. I was like, please don't inform me in this way this feels wrong um there there are four types of orgasms and i thought we could talk about them and how um (laughs) since that seems to be our thing towards the end of these episodes but the first one of course is the one that we know the clitoral the one that everyone the most successful version yeah and then of the g-spot which exists yeah i I guess there's like varying and then there's the squirty one yeah. 
And then the fourth one he talked about was a deep one. He called it something. And I was like, I can honestly say two of those I have never experienced as a woman. And so in my mind, I was like, maybe I was unfair. Maybe there are women out there that have these things often and they are written into this Faye universe. So I was going to apologize to the Faye folk out there for being so presumptuous about their... Shortchanging their superpowers. Yeah, and their organs and saying that they had to have had... And that maybe there are women out there experiencing these massive... Life-changing orgasms. I mean, sexuality exists on a spectrum. So sexual pleasure exists on a spectrum. Yeah, and I I just really felt like I owed the Faye an apology. And I don't (laughs) want to be one of those people that can't say, hey, I see what I did and I was wrong. Yeah. So that's okay. One TikTok by this white guy. (laughs) And I was like, oh. white guy. You're like, well, now I owe everyone an apology. Yeah. At least we learn as we go. You know, it's okay. it's all about growth. But yeah. I just, I, I, I would hate to be, like, can you imagine if somebody was listening and they were like, I mean, like, I have, like, this comes with orgasms all the time. And I'm just this little person here going, there's only two kinds. There's only <laughs> one kind. You can only do it like this. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I got that from I hope what we not. talked about. It was just like the, the unrealistic expectation that. They just like they always have phenomenal sex. Yeah, Every, like they're on a battlefield. There's a guy next to them on a cot bleeding. He doesn't have a leg, and she's like, "Let's do it." Yeah, it's it's a little. What's that mouth do? I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't here for that in this book. Like yeah. the previous book, and that's I was. why I'm saying it's like their their relationship, and and that is, you know, the story has to shift. You have to shift our interest if. If it changes, it has to go different directions. The second book felt like that honeymoon period in a relationship. So out of the three so far, which was your favorite? Probably the first one. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I love the incredulous look you're giving me. I liked the second half. No, this is the go on look. Okay. I liked the second half of the first book. Yeah, that's a good- When Feyre goes through the trials. You mean mean the second- This is- The last 25%? Yeah. Yeah. This is the, like, where we get to know her, really. Yeah. And Reese, really. Right. And he is such different. He's so different from what you expect him to be. It makes it good. You're like, oh, well, that's so nice. Like, he's doing nice things. Why? Why is he doing nice things? Like, what is he going to do to Feyre at the end of it? And then you realize by the end of it that he's actually not bad. Like, he's here to help. And he's just as much a victim as she is. And I liked that. And also, she literally dies at the end. And this is the first time that somebody dies and gets brought back. Yep. So we weren't sure how she, well, we knew she was going to get brought back because there's more books, but we weren't sure how. And then she does get brought back. And then the second book was so whiny. I mean, I know she's, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, I know I know she's broken, and I'm glad we spend time with broken Feyre. Like, I appreciate that, that we weren't just like, and she was totally fine and had no PTSD at all. Isn't that amazing? It must be one of her Faye's superpowers. Um, so I'm fine with the time we spent with broken Feyre. But then when we finally do meet up with Rasand, it's a lot of just him being a genuinely nice guy and her being a bitch about it for 
like a long time mm-hmm. until she's like, maybe I've been unfair to you. And he's maybe like, I'm 19 and 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I've been unfair to you. And he's like, well, we should probably do it. And she's like, yeah, it's fair. And then yeah. she's like, uh, we're doing it. We're doing fine. Everything's great. And then, oh, the surreal drops the we're mates. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> flies off the handle and that's her only real stubborn to stupidity moment that's the only real stumbling block in their relationship is when she finds out that they're fated to be together so the only real drama that happens between them is that they're meant to be is that they're meant to be yeah no yeah. i know and so then it gets a little um saccharine after that can you explain that word uh overly sweet just like saccharine like sugar yeah to the point where it's like nauseating and cringe yeah yeah it's cringy in this book yeah and and there's the scenes are written fine but i'm not reading these books for that if i want to read that i go back to ice planet right yeah yeah well there there are books where we have a fair amount of like that spice spice yeah spice (laughs) where we have a fair amount of spice and then we drop it and it feels like it's been dropped um this is not one where i think i would have minded if we dropped like 75 percent of the spice oh yeah just put it in where it feels appropriate right yeah yeah and she doesn't leave us any other forms of intimacy like they never just hold each other to go to sleep like, like when you get to that moment in a relationship where it is just as intimate to go to sleep and not do it that it yeah. is to do it. Yeah. And it's almost like a, a pivot. It's like a an accolade. Right. To get to the point where it's like, oh, well, we we are just emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. Right. Physically, but we don't have to be physical today. Like, like that moment in the tent where he, she, you know, he just, they had that big battle. He's tired. He's lost all of his magic. And she... She does. She gives him a blowjob. And it's like, I don't, I didn't want that right now. I'm not saying that I didn't want that at another time in the book, but right now I just wanted her to like, to snuggle up with him and for them to just be together. Yeah. That to me would have felt far more I wonder if her editor intimate. was like, you gotta add it in. I don't know. Gotta make it spicy. Well, wait for five because that's just a different book. That's why your sister was like, isn't one of them problematic? Yes, because this next one is not like this one at all. It's a different, different book. Well, that might be a nice change. I think you'll, I think you'll appreciate it, especially since we're getting to the end and you don't normally go through this many in a series. And then we'll, we'll give you a quick, we'll give you a break. And you can find something else to read or read another book with someone else. I'll reread Murderbot for like the fifth time. Yeah, I've started reading those too. They are good. Yeah, on my Kindle, which is so fun. So fun. So That's not a plug. We don't get paid. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. You hear that, Amazon? (laughs) Yeah. Amazon. I'll just take free books. Free books. Yeah. 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 So how are how is the podcast going? So the most listened to one was the legend. No, it's um, uh, I think it's Nosferatu is like the top, or our one. I think maybe the first one, the Court of Thorns and Roses, oh, is the neat. highest one now. I haven't put them on Reddit yet because I wanted to kind of have 
three of them. I'm scared. No, it's okay. I know. That's funny. It's fine. You can just be like, hey, I'm on this podcast where we talk about them. Boop. I know, but then you're going to get, you're just opening up for criticism. And I mean, that's what you do when you put stuff on the internet. I know. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, it's scary, but I know it's going to happen. If you care about what other people think and feel, <laughs> I do. it's horrifying. I don't not care. I just know, I I know, know I where that... I feel like you're more mature than I, I know am. where that fits, like and it's right over there in the... Emotionally, I feel like you're much more intelligent than the, I am. I don't give a fuck, Cal. I know. I need, to, I need to meet you there. If it's a literal, I did... Like, if I said something offensive, that's fine. You call me out on it, I'm good. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Same. If you're just an asshole... Then you get stuck over there with all the assholes. Yes. If I pronounce something wrong, I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. They are fictional characters in fictional places. Correct. So I'm not deeply concerned about that. If you can hear my kids walking in the background, I'm not deeply concerned about that. Yeah. At least we kept the penetration talk to the end where the kids were asleep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if, but if I was offensive, I care about that. That I will well, happily. To an extent too. Well if, to if, most extent. If, like, if you're if, if I agree with if I if I see your point. Yes. Right. Yes, I was offensive in that. Okay, I get it. I yes. don't think that you say offensive things. I think you've been around people who don't have a sense of humor like you do. That's fair. I, I think that's <laughs> why you feel like you offend people. I just think that you've been surrounded by people who don't get you. Or like your sense of humor. And so to them, they're just like, what? But you're not offensive in any way. All right. So this was another Book Talk with Kate. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we could shout down our bond at each other. Yeah. And that was the fourth, third, third, third book. Yeah. It felt, I felt like I've read 15 books in this series. So I know. And maybe up. we can take a break if you want. No. The next one's very short. It's, we'll a, it's like a Christmas are, story. We'll go all the way through silver flame yeah awesome yeah Yeah. uh so this was book talk with kate and we will be finishing the fourth book by christmas because then we'll be able to do and we can probably do a mini pod for it because it's so short do you think we can do a mini pod i have faith in us (laughs) i don't have faith in that how much time are we at right now two hours and 15 minutes oh that's not so bad no, the, the, was the first one was like two and a half hours. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. We're This is amazing. And we're you're probably going to cut so much of we're it. We're getting so streamlined. I know. Well, it's because of my outline. Can you hear the paper? <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye.
literally the most delicious thing I've ever had. I've never had something so delicious. <laughs>